Hello, folks, and welcome to the 48th podcast edition of Weber's Whipping Post. Coming to you from sunny Arizona. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you tuned in to listen. Today's podcast is called Welcome to Club 27. Before I begin, let's pay a couple of bills. This podcast is brought to you by Hoffman Chiropractic Urology, celebrating 30 years of practice. Dr. Hoffman specializes in general musculoskeletal conditions, neurology, sports injuries, acupuncture, electrodiagnostics, and comprehensive wellness management. Dr. Hoffman provides exceptional care for patients of all ages, from infants to elderly, from expectant moms to athletes. Dr. Hoffman's goal is to provide all patients a tailored treatment plan based on an extensive history, a thorough exam of an X-rays, contact Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology for more information or to schedule it 815-937-0446. 60 Minutes recently had a wonderful program called Masters of the Mind. Sharon Alfonsi, a woman I don't trust, actually did the piece in which she interviewed Dr. Ali Rezai. This doctor has actually delayed the progression of Alzheimer's disease using ultrasound with no cutting on the noggin. They locate patches called plaques in the patient's brain scan and disrupts the communication between brain cells. They show patients who swore by this procedure. It should be noted there are presently two FDA-approved drugs that help break up brain plaque, but they evidently move at a snail's pace taking up to 18 months to work while the Alzheimer's continues to progress. 20 years ago, Dr. Rezai implanted a pacemaker-like device into the brain, which stopped uncontrollable movements of Parkinson's sufferers. It was this procedure that convinced him to try it on Alzheimer's patients. It should be pointed out that while watching this part of the segment, I had to wonder why Michael J. Fox, with all that money and liberal backing, didn't get this treatment. Nothing was said about him. Azai then turned to brain science he had learned in the 24 million people in this country with drug addiction using an implant that sends electrical impulses to the brain to suppress cravings. They interviewed two men who swear by this process, both decades-long drug abusers. The other two men going through the procedure didn't fare as well. 45 other people are going through the procedure currently. The doctor is thinking of trying it on patients with PTSD and obesity next. As I interviewed and showed reels on Dr. Rezai, I couldn't help but think, what if his mother had aborted him? Then in typical communist fashion, 60 minutes, the racist and socialist Bill Whitaker gloated about the fact that Ray Epps, the government man, in on inducing people to go into the capital for the J6 misunderstanding, Pleaded guilty and was given just a year's probation after pleading guilty. His role was captured on camera in multiple shots and shown by Tucker Carlson, yet that information was sat on by Adam Kissinger's committee while he wasn't crying or getting Pelosi's coffee. Epps' slap on the wrist came after Whitaker's puff piece last April of Epps' involvement. 1,256 people were convicted of crimes for Nancy Pelosi's scheme when she did not act notify the Capitol guards of the impending disturbance. 
460 went to prison. Enrique Terrio was sentenced to 22 years and Stuart Rhodes to 18 years. 37-year-old mild-mannered Matthew Turner, who merely walked around the inside of the Capitol, hung himself over the impending jail sentence. Ashley Babbitt was shot in the face, murdered by an incompetent and still free Capitol Guard. Jacob Chasley, the so-called QAnon shaman, received tours around the Capitol by guards while they had discussions, and he received 41 months in prison. And whatever happened to those two reports on bomb plantings? And yet, CBS 60 Minutes managed to get a government plant to entice the kerfuffle off with house arrest somewhere in the secluded woods he fled to. Last Monday the 15th was the 95th birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Standing in front of the memorial of one of America's greatest, Abraham Lincoln, MLK, a great American in his own right, gave the famous I Have a Dream speech in 1963. According to his niece, Alveda King, MLK taught we are the one blood human race based on the Bible verse from Acts 17 through 26 and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, and the bounds of their habitation. She further stated, My uncle always remained a man of peace, who sought peace and preached unity, and he would be abhorred by the violence in our streets today. And more poignantly, she said, This strikes me as eerily similar to the debate we are having on abortion in America today. It also leads me to ask our country the following question. How can the dream survive if we murder the children? What a profound statement. Dr. King was fatally shot, supposedly by James Earl Ray, on April 4, 1968, in Memphis, Tennessee. I said supposedly because there are rumors the FBI, an agency I don't trust, was involved in the execution as the government distrusted Dr. King. It is good we honor him with the holiday. Weber's Whipping Post will be right back. A.N. Weber Incorporated is a proud sponsor of Weber's Whipping Post. Now in their 76th year, Weber has offices in Kankakee, Illinois, Nashville, Tennessee, El Paso, Texas, and Chandler, Arizona. Whether you're looking for company equipment to haul your dry van or flatbed freight or logistic services for all types of freight or even a career in driving, maintenance or sales, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235. You can also apply online at anweber.com. Weber has immediate openings for drivers in all areas and mechanical technicians in Kankakee, Illinois and El Paso, Texas. Weber is also looking for logistics agents across the country. Again, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235 or apply online at anweber.com. And now, back to Weber's Whipping Post. If someone finally got around to letting America, including the big guy in the Oval Office, that Lloyd Austin, our Secretary of Defense, has been in the hospital for two weeks. He has prostate cancer, folks, which evidently was so out of the ordinary from other prostate cancers, 288,000 men per year 
contact, it required special, ultra-secret hospital surgery. This, of course, was while wars are, we are funding in Ukraine and Israel are going on. Oh, and while it was out of commission, our warships started getting bombed in the Middle East, which required us to retaliate. A talking head for Austin informed us after the fact that prostate cancer is the most common cause of cancer among men. It impacts one in eight men, one in six men if you happen to be black. Even the Pentagon was unaware of Austin's hospital stay. One would think someone there might have called to find out just where in that hell our Secretary of Defense was, but then you get to recall this is the Biden administration and crime speed. Well, United Van Lines keeps track of where people are moving out of and where they are going by the number of loads they haul. Sadly, Illinois' population loss was second worst in the nation last year. Chicago is also the second highest for people packing up and moving on out. You all agree with the figures. High taxes are one of the reasons people are fleeing, and they are not all going into warmer climates as I did. Well, many went to Florida as a top destination. Indiana was actually second. 17,000 people per year become Hoosiers. Illinois is also going to lose major businesses as companies like Boeing, McDonald's, and Citadel are all looking to go elsewhere. Hey, Governor J.B. Toilet Britsky, are you listening? Evidently, he was, as he replied, that some areas have been undercounted. Bull. Hey, you remember that Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney that wants to toss Trump into pokey for alleged election interference in Georgia? Her name is Fannie Willis, and it turns out she hired a special prosecutor to try the case on the taxpayer dime. Nothing to see here, but that prosecutor happens to be her main squeeze. She paid her boyfriend, Nathan Wade, using taxpayer money, $654,000 in legal fees, some of which went towards vacation to the two. Many claim Wade, who evidently is married to another woman, is not even qualified to the position. So, when Fanny was accused of the nepotism, her response was to play her race card. You see, Ms. Willis and Mr. Wade are black. So, of course, any criticism or charges against them are, well, before I finish that sentence, you should get young, sensitive children out of the room before I drop that bomb word, racist. Yes, folks, you are a racist if you think for one second there is any wrongdoing in that situation. This episode comes to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Group. Everybody needs insurance, so why not buy from the great folks at George Ryan Jr. Insurance who support programs like mine? You can depend on the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. So please go ahead and give George a call at 815 936 0075. That's 815-936-0075. Or look them up on their website and save on insurance at grinsure.com. I'll bet you didn't see this in the news. Senator Rand Paul, one of the very few politicians I trust, is no fan of Nikki Haley either. He even developed a website called Never Nikki to report on his criticisms of the candidate, the media is clamoring to shove down our throats. 
I found the website easiest by going to the Rand Paul website. Paul points to her record and campaign, stating if conservative voters knew everything about her, they'd never vote for her. I'll save the trouble of going to the website and let you know what Paul is on the cover. Chief Haley supports Biden and McConnell, as well as the rest of the Warhawks, for funding the Ukraine war, something I have been steadfastly opposed to. She is on record as saying, I'm sick of talking about a Department of Defense. I want a Department of Offense. My counter to that statement would be, okay, Nikki, who the hell is going to pay for all that offense? Rand further states that Haley has received millions from arms merchants, which would make her more willing for more military intervention. I cringed when I read this. This is something we just can't find. Keep in mind, folks, we have given Ukraine over $100 billion while military vets are homeless during this cold snap. Rand further reminds us, as governor of South Carolina, she gave tax money to those armed merchants who gave her campaign contributions. She also had a seat on their board while she's not in office. In her book, with all due respect, she wrote that humanitarian assistance will always be a priority for the U.S. In other words, folks, despite the fact that we are $34 trillion in debt, if elected, she is going to keep us taxpayers paying for wars in other countries and stacking up more debt. She is an advocate for the United Nations, which is a giant suckle for more tax dollars, and we foot the bill on that myth. Defiant free speech, Haley believes internet posters should be registered and verified. That would be with the government, folks, despite your First Amendment right. While governor, she advocated for a gas tax hike, a state-run vaccine registry, and did nothing for school choice. She believes all social media accounts and social media companies would have to show America their algorithms. And every person on social media should be verified by name. Talk about Big Brother. I fully agree with Paul. Her views, folks, are not conservative, and she is not a true Republican. She is just another tax and spend Democrat. Well, sadly, the honeymoon is over. The last surviving main character from the Jackie Gleason classic, The Honeymooners, has died. Joyce Randolph, who played Ed Norton's wife as Trixie, passed away in Manhattan last week. She was 99 years old. Rest in peace, Joyce. It looks like we are officially at war again in the Middle East. Houthi rebels in Yemen are firing anti-ship cruise missiles toward our warships in the Red Sea. Who didn't see that coming? The Houthi militia is Iranian-backed, but the Biden administration doesn't want to fire on Iran where we get the most bang for our buck. Speaking of bucks, cargo shipments are now being routed around Africa rather than going through the Suez Canal and the Red Sea, racking up more bucks from shipping expense. This administration couldn't probably operate a lemonade stand. I recently read an article claiming bottled water has been found to contain tens of thousands of tiny plastic particles in it. And you bottled water drinkers thought you were being saved. A study published in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences concluded that each bottled water 
contains hundreds of thousands of nanoplastics, tiny particles of plastic. The claim is that there are 240,000 plastic fragments per one liter bottle of water, about 10 to 100 times higher than previously thought. Nanoplastics are tiny, causing concern they might enter the bloodstream and organs or even individual cells. The health effects for this are unknown. If you want to know what kind of plastic you are swallowing, it is called polyamide, a type of nylon, plus six other types of plastic, many of which I cannot pronounce either. Would you believe the Northeast Bottled Water Association thinks this study is unnecessarily scaring consumers, whereas the Environment America program believes we have a public crisis on our hands? Their spokesperson says, for the sake of human and wildlife health, it's time for our society to move beyond plastic. Fortunately, nobody said anything about the frozen coke I drink out of the plastic cup from McDonald's while writing this part of my podcast, or the martini in a martini glass I polished off thereafter. By now, you've surely heard about those outraged parents in New York City when their kids were kicked out of their James Madison High School to remote learning so that 2,000 illegal immigrants could be housed during the inclement weather. Not only were they booted, but parents were warned it may very well happen again so as to keep pace with all those illegals being shipped up there from Texas. At first, I shared in those parents' outrage. It was ludicrous to do that to those students whose parents pay taxes to educate their kids at school. Several parents were interviewed who were rightfully pissed, I thought. Then another thought struck them. New York City claimed to be a sanctuary city. They beat their chest over that fact. When it came time to put up or shut up, it failed miserably. And the Big Apple is known for being a very blue city as is New York State. They all vote Democrat. That means most of those parents likely voted for Joe Biden, Governor Hochul, and Schumer, as well as any other liberal Democrats, and they were probably figuring doing so again. I say it is good they got a taste of their own medicine. Elections have consequences, damn it, and it's time liberal Democrats felt the pain their voting is doing to the rest of the country. I don't feel sorry for those parents one bit. Well, Biden has been officially rebuked for his handling of the border immigration policies. That is his policy to let in all those Democrat voters, America be damned. Webster states that rebuke is to be criticized sharply. Big deal, huh? It is the fact that 14 House Democrats joined the Republicans to officially rebuke Biden. Yes, I said Democrats will never, ever jump out of line. I bet Nancy Pelosi is keeping track of the friggin' 14 who jumped out of line. The Biden administration simply plans on using the rebuke to negotiate more aid to Ukraine, just a mere $110 billion of our money. And what do you think of that recent Chiefs Dolphins playoff game? Oh, you didn't see it either because the greedy NFL decided to put the damn game on yet another subscription streaming service, this time NBC's Peacock Channel. A playoff game on another streaming service after we paid a kidney 
In our first one, we watch our favorite team, in this case, the beloved Green Bay Packers, on YouTube. This little dirty tactic allowed the NFL to rake in another $110 million so that overpaid athletes can kneel to our national anthem. The move was so low, it even got a Democrat New York congressman, Pat Ryan, to issue a scathing letter to the NFL denouncing their most greedy tactic today. Yes, even a congressman thought it was low. That's how low it was. He even called it a bait and switch. For a special offer of just $30 or $6 per month, you too could have watched that game. So that you know, of all the playoff games that weekend, the least amount of fans watched the Dolphins-Chiefs game, a mere 23 million as compared to the 40 million watching the Packers kick the Dallas Cowboys' butt. Speaking of NBC, they are reporting that groups are preparing for a possible Trump second term by working to limit his military powers. This is due to his comments about being a dictator as if that were possible. This comes just a week after Biden authorized their scratching game without Congress approval. We're already starting to put together a team to think through the most damaging types of things that Trump might do so that we're ready to bring lawsuits if we have to. Mary McCord, executive director of the institution for constitutional advocacy and protection at Georgetown Law, told NBC News. Wow, that was a mouthful. That means the Democrats intend to keep throwing lawsuits on the wall to see what sticks and to distract Trump from doing his job. Dick Blumenthal, Democrat from Connecticut and a bold-faced liar about his military service in Vietnam, is putting together legislation giving Congress and the courts some say in military use. At the same time, the asshat is taking steps to make it harder for a president to pull out of NATO. He is now the leading candidate for Weber's whipping post asshat of the month. Speaking of asshat of the month, how about Representative Maxwell Frost, a Democrat from Florida? Get this. Due to our bigoted immigration law, his words, not mine, this moron has proposed a bill to remove the Statue of Liberty. Yes, the Statue of Liberty. That's how low they can stoop. Well, he got his 15 minutes of fame with this moronic stunt. Perhaps Texas Governor Greg Abbott to send 100 illegal immigrants to Frost neighborhood. Contact me if you have an opinion of who the biggest asset is, Blumenthal or Frost. I might need some input with this one. The U.S. Federal Highway Administration has given states two years to implement changes from an 1,100-page manual stating how signs and other traffic control devices are to be regulated. In this latest governmental power grab, it seeks to keep signs from being misunderstood or distracting, supposedly. It should be pointed out that the U.S. Federal Highway Administration is part of the U.S. Department of Transportation, overseen by the failed mayor of that huge metropolis, South Bend, Indiana, Pete Buttigieg. This is the same guy who is at home on maternity leave with his husband when the U.S. had containers stacking up at the porch. Fortunately, Mayor Pete will be back home with his husband, unemployed, by the time those changes are supposed to have gone into effect. How about those cowboys? 
They lost to the seventh seed Green Bay Packers in the first round of the NFL playoffs by a lopsided score of 48 to 32. The game really wasn't that close either. It was the first time a seventh seed won a playoff game. It was also the most successful game a quarterback has ever had in a playoff game. That honor was pulled off by Packer quarterback Jordan Love in his first season as a starting quarterback. The Packers, the youngest team in the NFL by a wide margin, have never lost in a new Dallas AT&T Stadium going 6-0. The San Francisco 49ers are next, and the Packers are 10-point goals in the contest. More to come. And now for my latest commentary. Ever hear of the 27 Club? It's not something you want to subscribe to, and given the demographics of my readership and listenership, the opportunity is long past all of us by. The 27 Club is a list of well-known musicians who visited us at the age of 27. The term took off in 1994 when Kurt Cobain of Nirvana shot himself. The drug-addled musician was depressed and obsessed he might lose his home. At that point, the media began to link the fact Cobain was 27, the same age as the demise of rockers Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and Brian Jones. One publication stated the 27 Club is one of the most elusive and remarkable, remarkably tragic coincidences in rock history. You suppose the author of that last line had a flair for the dramatic? Once the term Club 27 was established, journalists ran out of names going forward, so they looked backwards. And lo and behold, there was bluesman Robert Johnson found early in the 20th century awaiting him. Johnson was an enigmatic character, but not necessarily a very good guitar picker. He allegedly made a pact with Beelzebub down in Mississippi Crossroads that changed his talents and fortunes. In 1938, at age 27, Johnson made the move on the wife of the owner of a roadhouse where he was playing. Sometime that night, he drank from an open bottle of whiskey and died three days later of strychnine poisoning. Although Johnson recorded only 29 songs in his career, many rockers covered his songs, marveling at his fretwork on guitar. I often said I'd like to try some of those riffs on my guitar if I could tune the damn thing. Conversely, Jimi Hendrix packed a ton of work in his 27 years on this rock and is considered the greatest guitar picker ever. He played Woodstock in 69. He was drinking heavily in September 1970 and decided to take a sleeping pill. For whatever reason, he took 18 times the recommended dosage. Jimmy, by the way, thought Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top was the best guitar he had ever seen. Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones is a member, too. Under mysterious circumstances, he drowned in his pool with a snoot full of drugs. Rolling Stone, the rag, not the band, calls Jones' death one of the most persistent mysteries of rock and roll. I read a book on the Stones, and the author played Jones knew how to swim, but that he was about to be booted from the band. Another member is Janis Joplin, who played Woodstock 69 also. She recorded the class of me and Bobby McGee, a song written by Chris Christopherson. The month after Hendrix died, Janis was feeling ignored by her fiancé, Seth Morgan. She shot up some heroin, but then fell while getting undressed, hitting her noggin on the nightstand. Feel free to use Christopherson or Morgan's names in your next barbell. 
And then there's maybe I should have gone to rehab Annie Winehouse. She belongs in the club too. She died in 2011 of alcohol intoxication. Supposedly, she was distraught over her boyfriend, Reg Travis. Foreman's musicians may not be as well known or known at all, but they did make something of themselves in the music world and are labeled members of Club 47. Guitarist Alan Blindow Wilson of Tanti played at Woodstock 69. He died of a drug overdose. Ron Pigpen McKernan of the Grateful Dead, a guitarist who was called unsightly, had major alcohol issues. He also played at Woodstock 69. Peter Ham of Badfinger, the car who hung himself, blamed his manager. Seven years later, his bandmate, Tom Evans, also hanged himself. Gary Sane of Uriah Heat performed at Woodstock 69, died of respiratory failure due to heroin overdose. He played bass on one of my all-time favorite albums, Demons and Wizards. There are others, but you likely never heard of them either. The British Medical Journal conducted a study into the Club 27 myth. They found a small increased risk of musicians dying at age 27, but also at ages 25 and 32. There was really nothing unique about Club 27 other than possibly a few of the names. It's their lifestyles that are killing them. Club 27 is a journalistic whim. And that's all I got for you, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. If you'd like to advertise on this podcast, which I sure wish you would, please let me know. I can always use more sponsors. And you can check out my blog at www.weberswhippingpost.com. Thanks a million for listening. Bye now.